This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. State of Recruiting's Open Mic. I'm Mike Roach of Orange247, and each week I'll be sitting down with a friend or colleague from the industry to talk about high school football or recruiting. This week's guest is Hutto Defensive Coordinator Adam Harvey. Coach Harvey previously coached at Cipolo Steel High School, where he coached many superstars like Jalen Jones and Caden Stearns. We talk about his journey into coaching, his time coaching Stearns and Jones, and what he has in store for the future. So please enjoy this conversation with Hutto Defensive Coordinator Adam Harvey. And now joining me on Open Mic, uh, my next guest is a, one, of the, uh, one of the best young assistant coaches in the state of Texas, uh, a good friend of mine, and a guy with a lot of great insight into the game. It is new Hutto Hippo defensive coordinator Adam Harvey, coach. I I almost said steel there. I'm just so used to you being in the in the black and silver. But uh, congratulations on the move and uh, uh, thanks for coming on with me today. Absolutely, Mike. I you know a lot of respect for what you do, man. And and from the moment we met, uh, you've been a top notch guy. And so I really appreciate you having me on. And yeah, it is a little different, you know, and joining the burn orange up in Hippo Nation. But I, I'm really stoked about that opportunity and. You know, joining a great staff, Coach LaPlante has built, and uh, you know the kids there are pretty stinking good too. So I'm I'm leaving one gold mine and entering another. Awesome. Well, we're, we're definitely going to get into that, but um, I think so. Most people will, would understand that I met you um, during uh, during Caden Stearns' recruitment. Um, you were the the defensive back coach and and co DC, I believe, at Steele. Uh, and you and you coach Caden Stern. So uh, that's something we'll definitely want to get into. But, you know, your kind of background at Steel, if you want to talk about resumes of coaches putting def- defensive backs into college football, um, I don't think there's there's any finer uh, example of that than what you guys did at Steel over that, I, I would say, five-year period maybe. Um, you know, just, just kind of talk about those guys as a group and, and what they meant to you. Yeah, you know, I, I got to start with the coaching staff, to be honest with you, Mike. I mean, the things I learned from, you know, David Sines, uh, Scott Leach, and and uh, several others, you know, Trey Woods was with us for a little while. I mean, those guys really uh, helped me become a better coach. And, you know, and I think that goes right into the kids. I mean, they bought in. And, uh, you know, there's no doubt about uh, the buy-in at Steel High School. Um, you know, I think one of the things that, I noticed, you know, from the get-go, especially when we had that run of those kids, was just, you know, how talented they were. But, but more than that, um, you know, how hard they worked. Uh, I would get text messages from guys like Caden Stearns, uh, Jalen Jones, you know, JT Woods, in all hours of the night, uh, watching film and saying, Coach, what about this and what about that? And, you know, there's only so much that, that, that we can coach on the field. But when you get kids that buy in, uh, like those kids did, I mean, gosh, it was just uh, – it was phenomenal. 
uh, being able to be a part of that. So, um, you know, yeah, I mean, that, that little stretch there where we've had kids, you know, go power five, go a group of five, um, you know, and even a couple FCS kids that could easily had gone to a, to a power for, you know, power five school, um, truly blessed to be a part of that, um, that run and, you know, uh, kind of a self-proclaimed DB high school or whatnot, but we had fun with it, but it was just, um, you know, a testament to those young, young guys and uh, the way they grew up, you know, and, and right before my eyes, some of them had to grow up a lot quicker than others. And, and there never was a, you know, blink of the eye and there never was a batting of the eye or fear or anything like that of, you know, having to uphold the, uh, the process. They just did it. And uh, you know, there's still kids that I, that I unfortunately had to leave and that's just part of the leaving process. But, uh, you know, DB High School will continue without Adam Harvey, that's for sure, because of how great those kids are. I think the, one of the coolest parts of, of both of our jobs is we get to see these kids before they're superstars. And so Caden was a very easy eval. I've told people that all the time. There's no special, you know, evaluator that looks at Caden Stearns and finds hidden things. When you find a kid who has his athleticism, his mind for the game, and then you you mix in his maturity, his work ethic, and just the way he thinks about how you prepare, I think that's one of the easiest evaluations to make in the world. What can you tell us about when you know when Caden first came to Steel and you first started coaching? I mean, could you see that stuff right off the bat? Absolutely, you hit the nail on the head. I mean. You know, his athleticism was one thing, but but the way he worked, even as a sophomore, um, you know, he was with us in middle school, and then and then moved up to the DFW area for uh, for that one year at Midlothian uh, to live with dad and brothers, and um, you know that was the big year for him too. And again, he was coached well up there on the offensive side of the ball, actually, and so I think that helped him become a better DB as well. But you know, Caden Caden was one that he he obviously had the pedigree and, and was growing up with you know, his older brother, Jordan, who played at Steel. And then when he came in as a sophomore, man, uh, God, his mentality was just phenomenal. You know, you don't see a whole lot of young guys that are, are real confident in their skill, even the good ones. You know, sometimes you kind of have to talk life into them, not Caden Stearns. <laughs> he was a good hitter. And, you know, we saw that even as a freshman in college, you know, in, in the four picks and four games or five games or whatever it was, and, you know, blocking the field goal against USC. I mean, the dude was just ice water um, in all situations and never really let the moment be too big for him. And, you know, he was alongside a really good safety too that was undersized and Mark Frankhauser at Steel. And uh, those two guys really complimented each other well. And it was so much fun, um, you know, coaching a guy like Caden. And again, I mean, even as a sophomore, the kid would send me text messages at 1231 AM. Hey coach, I'm watching film. And, you know, this was back in 2012 when his brother was still playing and, you know, he noticed something that uh, that he would, you know, add to the repertoire that, that he was going to be able to present on Friday nights. And, you know, that was some that was one of the kids, I think, even as a sophomore that I really started thinking about, you know, what are Friday night abilities and how can we adjust what we do at Steel uh, to make sure that he is, you know, getting into the arsenal and pulling out every single tool that he has in his toolbox, so to speak, um, as a sophomore, you know, I, I get it. I mean, the whole thing of, you know, if you're starting X amount of sophomores, you might as well chalk up a loss, you know, on the schedule. Um, with Caden Stearns as a sophomore, uh, we were 15-0, and 0 going, or 14-0, and 0, excuse me, going against uh, a really good KD team that was the best high school defense I've ever seen. And I would have loved to have seen us, you know, full-fledged. We had some injuries. I'm not saying we would have beat KD that year, but 
um, Caden Stearns was not batting an eye against those dudes and made a big-time interception in the first half of that game. That's a 10-0 ball game at halftime, and we just really struggled moving the ball against them offensively. But he never batted an eye. And, uh, you know, so as you were saying with, you know, just being able to coach kids like that that have that talent and that have that skill set, but then the, the preparation of a kid like that at 15 years old that gets it, you know, that understands the cerebral portion of the game is just, um, you know, that's something that I'll always remember about Caden Stearns for sure. Yeah, and that's um, I think that's something that definitely sticks out. I remember the first time I sent his film to a coach when he was a sophomore, and they said, it looks like he's in the offensive huddle because he knows exactly where the ball's going on every play. Like he jumps routes like he was in the huddle when the play was called. And that's like the thing that's always stuck out to me most about him were just his fantastic instincts and his leadership ability. You know, I think he had to, he had to grow up fast in his family and, and he had a lot of people, you know, a lot of younger cousins and stuff like that that look up to him. Your next Caden Stearns quote unquote was, was Jalen Jones who who signed with A&M, a fantastic Under Armour All-American five-star guy. Um, how much like I, I always remember Caden's senior year that that whole secondary went power five. Um, JT Woods to Baylor, Caden to Texas, uh, uh, Xavier to uh, to Oklahoma State, and then uh, who am I? Am I Jalen? I guess would be the other guy, right? Yeah, um, yeah Cardwell was the other one. Oh, Cardwell, Cardwell, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you throw Chase Cromartie in there, and like just guys all over. How much do you think Jalen coming up young under that group had to do with him? you know, maturing into what he matured into. Yeah, I think, you know, that was one of the things with our unit that we really took pride in is, is being a family, you know. And so those other guys definitely took Jalen under their wings. And then, you know, I, I saw him, you know, as most recent as this past season, do the same with, with the young bucks that he was, you know, surrounded by. I mean, opposite of a sophomore as well. So Jalen, you know, had, had a lot of um, reps that year that you're talking about. And you're right, we had six DBs on there that are now pay, playing uh, college football and Jalen being the last one just because he was the youngest. But, um, you know, one of the things that, that Jalen, I think, really did a, a phenomenal job with and Caden did a good job with too is the work that those guys would put in prior, you know, prior to our pre-practice set as well as post-practice stuff that, you know, they just put in countless hours on their own time and, and then would ask me, you know, to stick around and, and, you know, give pointers here or there or just watch them sometimes and just kind of be there to, um, you know, sh- you know, just shoot the bull and, and have fun with them and that type of thing. But, you know, K- you know, Caden, Caden did a great job with passing the torch, I think, too. And, you know, and, and also sharing the torch even while he was there, because that, de- de- you know, that defensive back unit that year was just ridiculous, Mike. I mean, again, I. I feel like I, I know how to coach this game, <laughs> but those guys made me look a heck of a lot better than, uh, than even I am. And so, um, you know, Chase is a great example. You know, we, we kind of had to make some moves and JT played some offense that year um, and Chase stepped right in and Caden, you know, I will never forget the day that, that Chase stepped in and, and had to start a ball game. You know, he's, he's going in for a guy that's moving to the offensive side um, who's about to go play in the big 12 and they're talking about pressure. And Caden put his arm around him and said, man, we, we got this. It wasn't, I, it wasn't, I got you. You know, it wasn't, hey, just sit back and watch me go. You know, it was like, hey, we got this. You know, and then Jalen stepping in as well. You know, he and Xavier actually shared some, some, some reps. Uh, and Cardwell on the other side kind of solidified his spot. You know, but that was one of the things we competed, man. I mean, it was a lot of internal competition. And, you know, Jalen really grew up quickly because of that. 
and again, that's just a passing of the torch, you know, just as recent as this last year. And you'll hear a name Davion Hook, you know, out of Steel High School uh, that's going to be the next guy. I mean, Davion had to grow up quick, and Jalen did a great job of, you know, again, sharing the torch. And then when he was done, passing the torch, you know, and say, hey, young buck, it's your turn, buddy. You know, continue the legacy of DB High School. And, and that was really a, a neat thing just to watch that all unfold over the last seven years of my opportunity to be there. So. How, how how tempted were you at times with that secretary? You just said, do we need linebackers? Like, can we just roll out seven DBs on this thing? And well, <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's funny you say that because I, you know, talk about some some heated conversations in the office. You know, I'm thinking, gosh, dang, let's just base out of a dime. We got these guys coming out of our ears, you know, and and but also just you know, again, a testament to what Steel High School has been throughout the years. You know, you know, lining up in that four or three and saying, you know, this is who we are, and we're going to do what we do. And then the four positions on the back back end, you got to compete. You know, and I mean, I've had I've had kids that have left our program uh, that are also going to Power Five. You know, and I'm not here to bash anybody, but we're going to compete. You're not going to get a position because of who you think you are because of who you did or what you did at a camp over here, camp over there. And Caden Stearns, you're included in that. Jalen Jones, you're included in that. JT, all of you. And, you know, at the end of the day, man, what, what better opportunity to teach kids because when they're competing for a wife, when they're competing for jobs, when they're competing to be the best father that they can possibly be, I want my guys to think about how hard it was to be part of DB High School. You know, and when we go to Hutto, and and we're playing F and P style defense, and you know we've kind of already talked about hippo mode and having a good time with that. Man, I want that same mentality to transition no matter where I am because we talk about building men, but crap, if we're not going to learn to compete, I don't, I don't know how else to teach about life. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm real passionate about that. You can probably hear it in my voice right now, Mike. Yeah. I just can't stand. Hey, you know you did great at five star camp. This ain't five star camp. You know this is still high school. This is Huddle High School, and this is ex- expectations, and you have to align with our expectations or you can't play for us, you know, and at the end of the day, I think that's going to make those guys better football players, but more importantly, better men at the end of the day, so that's where I'm about, you know, and, and I think hopefully every one of those guys that walked away from, from our tutelage and underneath Coach Harvey, what they learned in the film room, you know, about life is just going to be as important actually more important at the end of the day than what they're learning on the field between the lines. I I definitely understand your passion. You've shared it with me so many times and I want to get into it, but the last, last thing I have kind of surrounding, you know, Caden and those guys, um, you were pretty, pretty close drive when you were in in Cibolo uh, moving up to Hutto, you're going to be closer to campus. Uh, Is that going to increase the amount of times you go get to watch your guy live? Absolutely. It will. I was just talking about that with the new staff yesterday. Uh, it's kind of cool. We we just officially welcomed Mike Adams, you know, former Longhorn, onto the the, the Hutto staff, which is pretty awesome. And so I was telling him, "Hey, man, you know, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to make the track." And I already know that I'm gonna be there as much as I can. You know, obviously around game planning, Hutto hippos come first, but um, you know, my my guy is gonna gonna definitely be on on my mind. And if I can get over there at any given time, you know, I'm, I'm gonna reach out. To, Coach Epley and the staff, and get that that coaching ticket that they allow us to have, and and get over there and 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 be cheering as loud as I can, even as a Red Raider, because you know, Caden is Caden is definitely taking my allegiance, and you know, I treat him as my own son. So anytime I can go watch my own son play, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that, you know. And um, yeah, I'll be there. Um, 
so when you were growing up, is coaching something you always wanted to do? I mean, did you know from kind of an early age or, or how did you get into it? You know, not really, man. I, I always loved athletics, but I didn't really know what I wanted. I knew I wanted to work with people. I did know that, you know, I, I grew up in a, in a West Texas environment that as I got older, you know, there were, there were just a few options. And I, I mean that when I say it, you know, you either, uh, you know, farmed, um, you did, you did some type of sports related activity or you moved away and you had to do something else career wise. And so I would say in high school was probably the moment that I started really truly thinking about it. But when I finally decided I was probably 23, you know, that I was going to do this for, for forever. Um, uh, and, and now that I'm, you know, I'm kind of one of those guys I'm passionate about, about whatever I do. And so, you know, when I did decide to jump in this thing full, full fledged, there's no, you know, Oh, well, maybe I can do this. Maybe there's nothing about looking at, you know, money or finances or anything like that. I'm going to go do it and, and I'm going to make a difference. And so, you know, there's some, there's been some bumps along the road as with anybody, but, um, I'm going to go full fledged, man, you know, and, I, I'm not going to back up and, and think about what I could have done better or have regrets or anything like that. I'm going to make mistakes miles an hour just as well and then, make, and then, you know, make the adjustments like we do as coaches. So I, I would say that once I decided, man, there was nothing about anything that was going to change my mind. So I've had the pleasure to meet your lovely wife once or twice, I think, after a game. I, I can't tell you, this is a part of, of the game that people don't understand. I've got some of my best friends in the world from, from childhood are coaches. And to see what their wives go through, during, especially during the season when they're never home and, and things like that, I don't think people have appreciation for, for the coaches' wives that ride with them or have to, hey, we're going to pick up and move across the state to, to this location because i got a job over here type of thing. Um, and I know how much your wife means to you and, and, and how special relationship you guys have. So I just wanted to give you the opportunity to brag on your wife a little bit and, uh, and you know, talk about how important she is to that relationship as well. I appreciate you bringing that up, Mike, because golly, man, I, I, I've got to throw myself in the, in the, uh, you know, being vulnerable really in, into the group that doesn't appreciate wives enough. I really do. I mean, as most recent as yesterday, you know, <laughs> Probably even this morning, just learning how much, you know, that, that, how important that is. I just celebrated 18 years of marriage and it's been a tough road. And, and, you know, I think anybody that's honest would say that. But when you really step back, I mean, sometimes you don't even need to step back. You just need to open your eyes um, and you see what they go through and and how they support well. And, you know, this move to Hutto is, is another just prime example of the things that she's done for me that I take for granted too often. And, um, you know, she's she's fantastic. She grew up in a in a high school home or a high school coach's home and, and, and up until her sixth grade you know year. And they finally settled in and he he got out of coaching and, and, and did the, the PE thing, you know, which is obviously a dream gig for a lot of people, just <laughs> elementary PE is what he did the, the latter portion of his career. But, you know, he moved his family around a lot. And, you know, we've been fortunate not to have to move a whole lot because um, I spent 15 years down here in the San Antonio area. But I tell you, it still – it takes a special woman and a special wife to be a coach's wife regardless of your track, you know, regardless of the road that you take as a coach and – you know, there's there's never going to be a day that, you know, I, I thank her enough. And um, and there's still some some areas where I've got to get better because I got to show her how appreciative I am of her support. No doubt about that. And that's something I work on daily. And, and again, just try to try to be better with it. Um, but you're right, man. She's fantastic. And, you know, knowing what she knew as a girl growing up, little girl growing up, 
uh, and then still jumping into this thing and, and, and rolling with me is enough for her, you know, or for me to say that she's pretty, pretty special and pretty fantastic. So I, I really appreciate you bringing that up, man. Yeah, she's, uh, she's, I, I know she's your biggest fan because if I ever tweet anything about you or Steele or Caden, she's right behind it, retweeting or liking it or something. So um, I, I know she's right there with you. You've got, I, I think that we try to slot coaches into these archetypes of one's a motivator, or one's a technician, or one's a, like a, an inspirational type of guy. You kind of roll all that into one because you are a very, you, you know, you talked earlier about your passion, about motivating, things like that. But talking ball with you, as we often do, I mean, you're, you're obviously a very sharp guy. You're, you're invited a lot to do these chats or these, these, these presentations um, because people respect the, your, your acumen. Um, you know, what, how do you see yourself as a coach or, or what would you say are your kind of like your core values of being a coach? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be a – I don't know. That's, that's, a, that's a great question, Mike. I, I want to be all of the above, you know, all things to all men type deal. And, um, you know, I take pride in the passion that I have and the, and the love that I have for the kids, but also the love I have for the game. And so, you know, I'm not a hunter, hunter fisherman. I don't, I don't do that stuff. My hobbies are studying the game and, and getting better. You know, I, I've had the opportunity even during this quarantine, man, to really connect with some of the best minds in the game on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, I've taken advantage of that. And so, however, I can be better um, in, in the motivational factor or in the, in the X and O factor. I want to be better in the technician factor. I want to be better. You know, I, I, it doesn't matter, you know, who I've coached, where I've been, um, you know, what level, any of that jazz, I want to be better. And so, um, you know, I, I take that as a compliment that, that actually you would see that, um, you know, and, you know, yeah, I, I think that I can motivate anybody, you know, uh, I think that's our job as coaches. Um, but also if we're going to motivate, we've got to prove it and how we prove it in my mind, you know, not that we can't go have, you know, other hobbies and, and do other things. I think a lot of people would look at Adam Harvey and think, man, that dude's too crazy about it. And that's okay. <laughs> I have no qualms. Uh, I have no problem with, with their thought process behind that, because guess what? They're right. They're freaking right. You know, and, and everybody's right about Nick Saban when they say Nick Saban's a freak because he is, that's what he is. And, and, and some people look at freak as a bad thing. It is who I am, and I'm not going to shy away from it. So I think if we're going to be professionals, um, you know, there's there's always that opportunity to be elite, even as a professional. And, you know, I'm at the high school level. So, again, I, I don't really care what level I'm going to be at. I'm going to coach my tail off because I think it's right by kids, and I think it's right by their parents, and I think it's right by me, and I think it's right by the program. So all of those things in company, you know, accompanying and embodying who I am, you know, right now I'm going to be the best thinking defensive coordinator I can be for one program. And that's the Huddle Hippos. And then if we you know, if I'm recognized in other areas or I'm asked to be on this chat or that podcast, you know, I'm going to go and be just as passionate on there about who I am as Huddle Hippo defensive coordinator. And that's who I am as Adam Harvey. And at the end of the day, you know, nothing's going to change that. I mean, nobody's opinion of me, you know, no matter how great I think I am or how great I have been statistically, I want to be better. And at the end of the day, that's who I'm going to be. And, and as soon as we hang up in a second, I'm going to meet on with the next thing or study the next bit or, or talk to the next kid. And, and I want to be better in all aspects of the game. So, um, I, you know, my core values are going to be, uh, number one, be better for others, you know, be a selfless guy. Um, and if that's in the leadership role, great. If that's in a follower role, great. Um, and then number two, you know, um, 
always be better. So uh, really it's just boils down to those two things um, in the profession. And that, that goes into my life as a husband and as a father and, and other things as well. So yeah, for sure. That reminds me of my dad um, when I was young, you know, he just had one rule and it was don't embarrass dad. And he was like, if you follow that rule, I don't really need to lay any other rules down for you. So uh, just, I guess if your one rule or your core values be better, you know, it kind of encompasses everything. Um, who were some of your, you know, your influences or, or some, maybe some of the coaches in the, in the game that, that were vital to your development as a coach? Yeah. So, you know, I got to start with my high school coach and, and Lewis Boomer, who's now retired and, um, I actually had the chance to sit down and watch a little bit of the state championship games as you and I actually met a little bit mm -hmm. of, uh, during the state championships and got a chance to, to watch ball with him for the first time as a coach, you know, 20 plus years after graduating, which was kind of neat. And, uh, you know, that guy's, he, he was fantastic for me as a, as a ball player and then just, you know, watching him. And then also Doug Warren, head coach at Wimberley. He was a position coach of mine early in his career. And, um, you know, he and his wife both were very instrumental and me wanting to be, you know, as you asked the question earlier, when I thought I wanted to be a coach, you know, I had her as an eighth grader uh, as my teacher, and then he was a position coach of mine early in my high school career, freshman and sophomore year. And so um, they were both very instrumental. And then uh, as I kind of came into the coaching profession, a guy by the name of John Peterson, who spent some time in pro ball, uh, he was a head coach up in Bemidji State, D3 school up in the Midwest, and then uh, spent some time with the Seahawks, spent some time with Carolina Panthers. I actually met him through another guy that's been uh, really big in, in my growth as a coach. His name is Mike Heineman, and, and Mike is an AD at a small private school here in San Antonio, uh, you know, an affluent uh, school that, you know, costs about 20 grand a year to go to. So I had a chance to coach David Robinson Jr. and Sean Elliott steps on in the game of basketball and, and coach some of the who's who of San Antonio there. That's where I spent eight years of my career. And then I also got to add into the, you know, the steel staff that's just been really really awesome, you know, to me and, and guys like, uh, you know, Scott Lenhoff who hired me and, you know, even guys like Mike Wolfarth who were, uh, you know, principal at the time, but former coach. And, you know, there's just a, a lot of guys that I've looked up to in this thing. And, um, you know, um, even guys like Craig Niver, you know, who just left the UT staff that, you know, I, I just have a huge amount of respect for, um, you know, and there's others in the, in the profession that have, you know, been very, very open and honest with me. Um, and so that's one of the reasons why I want to give back to the game too, because of how many coaches have been good to me and taught me a lot about the game. It's been really I'm, good. I'm looking at the clock here because I don't want to monopolize your whole day, but you keep saying things and then it brings up things in my head. You're good, man. You're, you're the principal you're leaving, Janice Cervantes. I say this every time I go to Steel. There isn't a better principal in the state of Texas when it comes to being out there and supporting their kids. How important do you think that is? Because I don't see it a lot. And you know I see a lot of high school games a year. You don't see a principal who is as out and out front with her leadership and, and, and everything as, as President, uh, Principal Cervantes is. I, man, I shed tears when it was time to tell her that I was moving on. I ain't going to lie. I cried like a baby. And, uh, and she followed it. <laughs> you know, you said it best. I don't think there's anything I could add. She's unbelievable. The energy and the passion, but it's, it's real, man. Like, you know, people can, people can do their thing for social media or, you know, when the cameras are on and there's really, there's some people that I've found <laughs> along the way that are really good at that. And then you're like, wait a minute, that's not Janice Rosamontes. She's, she's the real deal. Um, and so, Shoot, man, I, I've got nothing to add other than that. She's the real deal, and it wasn't easy to leave to leave that. But, again, that just tells you how great Hutto is, too. And, you know, I wasn't going to leave Steel High School for, you know, 
a climb in rank, I was going to leave still high school because it was the right position for me to grow again as a coach. And, you know, again, right. I mentioned Coastal Plan earlier and, you know, Mr. Christian is the, the principal there. And, you know, those, I mean, Huddle ISD has been recognized during this quarantine as being extremely efficient and shoot, we were just talking about the growth out there. Man, they were a two-way in the mid-2000s, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and now they just moved up to 6A. So it's crazy how, how, how the growth has affected things. But, you know, being a one-horse town, and um, I'm really excited. But, yeah, Jenna's phenomenal. Uh, I, I can't tell you how great she is because I wouldn't do justice with how, you know, how great she really is for sure. Um, definitely want to get into what those reasons were for Hutto. Did I read that Hutto is actually adding a second high school and they are also going to be the Hippos? <laughs> yeah, that's down the road, man. They're trying to, try to t- they're trying to tame tame the growth. Uh, they're going to do it as long as they can. There's the freshman center opening up, and the idea is, and it, it's it's got to be Mike just because of the growth. You know, mm-hmm. you can go the Allen route and, and have that one high school system, or you can branch out like a lot of other districts have done. And so, right now, their uh, their biggest deal was, well, shoot, how are we going to lose this huddle hippo? mindset and mentality and uh and the you know to rectify that situation the uh the end of the day they decided that you know what we can all be hippos and so when that <laughs> second high school you know in seven years if they can hang on that long um it'll they'll be the hippos too so it's kind of cool man there'll, there'll be two hippos in the entire country and they're going to be within about three miles of each other <laughs> that'll be interesting <laughs> to see how we differentiate um so what what made Hutto the right choice? I mean, I know you talked about Coach LaPlante. That's a great program out there. They've had some kids really blowing up over the last couple of years. Texas just signed Dejon Harrison from Hutto. Um, Landon Watson's another big-name kid. You're going to get the opportunity to coach in his senior year. You know, what 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 is it about it? And just kind of, I don't know, here's your chance to, uh, to talk about Hutto and what makes you passionate about hippo football. Yeah, absolutely, man. Again, I wasn't going to leave still for just any job. And, uh, you know, when, when Coach LaPlante called me, I was actually uh, interviewing for some head jobs and, you know, that's the ultimate goal. And, you know, those didn't work out this off season, which is fine. You know, it's part of the process, but I think that, you know, two things that jumped out at me uh, in making this move. Number one was, was working with coach LaPlante. Um, I've known him for several years now. We met at a clinic a few years ago. I may have even been on Twitter. I can't remember, but we, we touched base at a clinic and, you know, I just saw his passion also for the game and I saw the way that, you know, he carried himself um, both, you know, uh, virtually online and then also, you know, just every time I made contact with him, he was always very complimentary of his staff, very complimentary of the district, very complimentary of the area. And, um, you know, he spent some time in the collegiate game and in other places that had a lot of success down in Manville. And, you know, he actually was at New Caney when he started his career here in high school in Texas. And so he, he kind of made, made his rounds enough for me to know that, you know, what he was saying about Hutto and what he was saying about even the Austin area in general was, was pretty salty, you know. And so with my high school coaching career, I'd spent the entire time down here in San Antonio. And I know San Antonio has has a rap, right? Right, wrong, or indifferent. You know, people look at San Antonio football and they think about, you know, the things they think about. And 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 I'm here to say too, man, that the style of football in San Antonio is salty. It's really good. Um, but athletically, you know, I mean, DFW and Houston are freaking freaks. I mean, and I can say that because we played DeSoto and I can say that because we played Katie and, 
you know, I've seen, I've seen what, 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 what I've seen the last several years. And so, you know, moving into the Syntex area and to Austin specifically um, was just kind of a challenge for me, you know, again, to be able to call a defense is exciting. And, you know, I, I've had that opportunity and, and I've gotten calls, but, um, you know, and not to hear to say that, you know, I've, I've been that guy that turned call, you know, turned jobs down. That's not what I'm saying, but I just felt like this was a little different opportunity for me, you know, again, and my personal goals, as well as, as the success that Huddo's had, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited about the challenge to move up to 6A and, and join them in that transition. I'm also excited about, you know, just kind of branching out a little bit from the San Antonio uh, scene to get to, uh, to something different and, uh, you know, go against great, offensive coordinators and, and that that league that, that we're entering is going to be a pretty solid league in the second round you get you know Westlake and Lake Travis's district and and so we've got to make it out of district first to even get to that point so it's going to be it's going to be really fun and and uh and an opportunity for me to kind of gauge where I am as a coach as well as you know get some new opportunities to meet new people and broaden my network as well in the Austin area so I'm looking forward to that as well. You, you mentioned you're going to get to kind of – it's going to be kind of your way a little more on defense, calling it. What's the Huddo Hippo defense going to look like, or what's it going to be about this year? Yeah, you know, I think first and foremost, we're going to be fast and physical, and I think every defense coordinator in the country probably has that in their in their playbook with their philosophy. But, you know, we're going to ingrain F&P and, and just shorten that up. You know, anytime that, you know, a kid does something – it's either going to be great job with FNP or, hey, let's be better with FNP. And I think the way that we do that is make it as simple as we can. So, you know, we're going to align in, in some multiple fronts. We're going to align in some different coverages. Um, but all of those things are going to derive from being fast and physical. And, and, and how we can do that uh, the, the, the most efficient way is, is what we're going to try to accomplish. You know, I think the other thing is just, you know, continuing with what they've already done. You know, Coach Mosley, the guy that I'm coming in for and, He's now moving on to Pflugerville Weiss with Coach Van Meter, who, you know, they, they did a great job at Huddo before. And, um, you know, just kind of building on what he had already kind of set, set in place. And, you know, Coach Hooten was a co-coordinator this last year on the back end. And, you know, they did some some really good things on the back end and, and were pretty sophisticated. And at the same time, you know, we're going to be pretty young this upcoming year. And so with all that in mind, you know, and knowing that I've got a Landon Watson and even a Braylon Sugg up front in the box, you know, we're going to be able to play really fast and physical because we're going to keep things simple, yet be able to be really sound against whatever other, you know, opponents throw at us. And so I think with, you know, with growth mindset of, you know, keeping things simple, yet being complex enough because you have to be in the state of Texas, especially at the 6A level, because you've got some really good coaches on the other sideline that are, you know, that are picking part what you're doing. And so we're going to do some things that, uh, you know, hopefully will, will cause problems just because we know exactly what we want accomplished versus different looks. And, you know, that's going to be on us coaches to get those kids in the right position to make plays. So if we can play fast and physical versus anything that's thrown at us, I like our chances. Um, I know you've been doing a lot during the, the quarantine of a lot of Zoom meetings, a lot of meeting with your team and staff. Have you got to have any fun? Have you done anything that's like uh, watched any good TV shows, anything like that to pass the time? Hey, those Zoom meetings and meetings with my teammates is my fun. <laughs> I should have known. I shouldn't have said it that way. <laughs> I, hey, I, seriously, I, and I don't want to name drop here, but I'm going to tell you what's been the most fun. And I'm, I, I got a name drop because it wouldn't make sense if I didn't. Um, God, man, I've connected with Jay Bateman, UNC defense coordinator, uh, Don Brown in Michigan, Jim Leonard at Wisconsin, Morgan Scaley, Derek Jones, Morgan Scaley is at Utah, Derek Jones, new corners coach, 
uh, assistant head at Texas Tech who was with D- David Cutcliffe out in Duke. Jeez, man, that's been fun, right? That's been extremely fun for me. A lot of it has been, you know, just, I guess, validation in a, in a roundabout way. But a lot of it's – obviously, most of it has been learning. Um, it's just been phenomenal. Um, so, I've had a really good time with that. To answer your question, not to leave you hanging, my wife and I, uh, we've watched some movies for sure. I got to watch Bad Boys for Life the other night on my anniversary. Um, here's a little <laughs> funny funny side story, man. I, I fall asleep in movies, Mike. I'll crash out, man. And my wife so mad at me. She's like, ah, you pick the movie and then you fall asleep, whether it's good or bad. She can't quit a movie. And so I get in trouble for that quite a bit. But um, I, I definitely have tried to get out with the boys, you know, ride bikes in the, in the uh, community and, you know, do what we can in the midst of this quarantine, get out, jump on the trampoline with them, and then as well as put them to work. You know, we're trying to sell a house right now, so I put them to work in, out in the yard, and, and that's tried to be as fun as, as we can make it type deal. But, um, man, man, the funnest thing has been able to connect with these coaches. Golly, it's been awesome, man, so for sure. All right, my last question before we get out of here. Um, we get we ask everybody this on the show, but um, and I'm going to exempt your guys because you could probably just spend this segment talking about the guys you coached at Steel. Um, so I'm taking them out of the picture. Who are some of the best players you've ever seen at the high school level? Yeah, so I got to start with Garrett Wilson. <laughs> oh my gosh, man, we threw everything at that dude, and he still had ten catches for over 110 yards. Uh, that may be the only guy that I can think of, and, and we've coached some really against some really good ones that that had probably double figures and catches in two consecutive years. He was unbelievable. Um, you know that that whole Lake Travis team in 2016 that was a really really good offense, probably the best offense I've seen uh, at the high school level. And then um, we we I guess we we went to double OT with them. That was the year we went to state and played Desoto. So I also have to mention Desoto and. Uh, you know, Sean Robinson, a quarterback with Katie Nixon and LaVishka Chenault at receivers. And, you know, they had some dudes. Um, man, also, I think, you know, at Judson, Judson's had some really, really salty football players. I got to mention, you know, Rashad Wisdom. That guy, you know, he played both sides of the ball and could do some things that, you know, just really gave us fits. And, and Sincere McCormick, you know, man, those guys are really, really good. Julon Williams, another one. Um, there's some, there's been some good ones. Tommy Bush at Clemens, who's now at Georgia. Um, seen some really good ball players in, in my day. You know, I, I've been really fortunate to coach against some really good kids as well as coach the, the all-star lineup that I've been able to coach on the back end. And so a lot of respect to those guys. I've said it a lot in these, in these Zoom clinics that I've done. You know, it's all relative. And we're going to be a press team. And we're going to press Tommy Bush. We're going to press Garrett Wilson. And they may get us a couple times. But that's who we are. But hats off to all those kids that we've been able to coach and coach against. Excuse me. And and uh, you know I I couldn't be more um, more blessed to you know to have guys push me and challenge me as a coach with with the talent that some of those guys and, and those teams have had for sure. All right, coach. Well, I'm going to cut it off here because I I feel like we could go all afternoon. You know, you and I once we get together, we we don't really stop talking. And I know you got other meetings to get to. You got a family. You got a house to sell. All those things. I want to thank you for joining me. Um, I'm certainly excited to get out and see some Hutto football this year, uh, provided everything happens on time, which sounds like it is from from what we've heard from the UIL. And uh, man, we wish you a lot of luck in your in your first season there. 
Mike, I really appreciate it. It's always good to, to touch base with you, my man. The, th the job you do, I've said before, you know, you're about kids and that's what I'm about. So I think that's why we connect and, and get along so well. So thank you for what you do. You know, congratulations in your growth in the, in the profession. I mean, you've really taken it by the, by the horns, so to speak, and you've done a fantastic job. So I'm proud to call you friend, my man. Absolutely. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you maybe another time. We'll get you back on. So I uh, appreciate it, Coach. Thanks. Sounds good, buddy. Thank you for listening to another episode of the State of Recruiting's Open Mic. As a reminder, you can find the show on any major podcast platform, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere else you can get your podcasts. We would also like to ask that you go to any of those podcast platforms and subscribe, rate, and review our podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions and you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.